This episode is brought to you by Goalie. Did you know the University of Michigan did a study that found over 80% of apps for kids are designed to lure them into longer gameplay and more in-app purchases? Goalie decided it was time for this to end. Unlike the Kindle and iPad that have endless ads and potentially dangerous content, Goalie is a tablet with only apps that build independent kids. It has no web browser, no social media, and no ads, ever. It has award-winning learning apps like Khan Academy, Duolingo ABC, and Starfall, and the best part? It's completely parent-controlled. In my house, we use Goalie's kids' calendar to teach my son how to stay on task. He learns life skills like how to make a sandwich by watching one of the hundreds of video classes and can practice it by following along with one of the 50 pre-made routines. As a dad, there's no better feeling than knowing that my son is becoming more independent every day. For more information and to try Goalie risk-free for 30 days, visit getgoalie.com. That's G-E-T-G-O-A-L-L-Y.com and use the code THEAUTISMDAD to save 10%. Welcome to the Autism Dad Podcast. I'm Rob Gorski. This show is inspired by my own personal journey as a full-time single dad raising three autistic kids. It's all about special needs parenting, the challenges we face every single day, as well as some of the things we have to learn to navigate along the way. This season, we're going to put a major focus on empowering and educating parents. We're going to talk all about building a community of support around your family, the importance of self-care, as well as connecting with services and resources that are vital when it comes to raising a child with special needs. So be sure to check us out at listen.theautismdad.com, subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. On this week's episode, I sat down with my friend Megan Champion. Megan is a mom to three neurodivergent kids, and she has this awesome platform on Instagram called On The Hard Days. She's got a blog and a podcast. The podcast is amazing. I'll have all the links in the show notes so you guys can uh, check it out. Make sure you follow her. Totally worth it. Megan's here to talk about her personal journey as a mom, how she found acceptance, you know, her path to self-discovery and kind of figuring life out after her kids were diagnosed and then finding her true calling and using all of these things to create this platform that is so empowering for moms everywhere. So I'm, I'm really excited for you guys to hear this. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I hope you guys enjoy the interview. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here. I really appreciate it. Could you take a minute and just kind of tell us a little bit about you know who you are and, and what you do? Absolutely. So my name is Megan Champion. Um, I am a mother of three. I have uh, nine-year-old twins and a six-year-old. Um, and I also am a 15-year elementary educator. Um, I have just left, <laughs> but but it's still very fresh in my mind. And I bring that up because um, as a teacher, the kind of person who always knew I wanted to be a teacher and, and identified with that role, I thought I knew children and I thought I knew how to parent because I knew how to teach. And I uh, was very surprised when I was <laughs> totally off and had no idea what I was doing. But um, so anyway, I have I have my, my three kids and um, perhaps all of them are neurodivergent. We're still figuring all of that out. But my oldest son is um, definitely neurodivergent. Um, he is gifted. He's twice exceptional. He has ADHD, anxiety, sensory issues, um, perfectionist tendencies. Um, and he's also been um, tested for autism three different times in his life by three different people. Um, we still do not have that as a diagnosis, but it's not off the table. Um, I think it, it's very hard sometimes to for professionals to iron out exactly what that looks like. So um, it's an ongoing adventure, um, but all three of my kids um, 
my daughter also has OCD and anxiety. So there's a lot going on in our home. And um, being a teacher, like I said, I thought I knew how I could raise my children to be happy and healthy. And and from a very early age with my son, I found out that that was not, uh, not going to happen. And so I began this very long, arduous journey of not only figuring out my kid, but figuring out myself and and how I could use what I've learned to help other people in in my journey. How is that going for you? It's it's so interesting that you 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 said that. I love I love what you said about the being a teacher and, and kind of thinking that because you worked with so many kids over the years that parenting would just come kind of natural. But like uh, how how has that how has that been? <laughs> Well, <laughs> I mean, um, a lot of ups and downs, and we all know how that goes. And there's seasons of major struggle and and trauma um, and fear and, and all kinds of things. And then there's seasons where you feel like you, you uh, get it a little bit better and you can function on a day-to-day basis in this, in this journey of parenting. And so um, overall, though, I am I'm great um, because... Um, the last couple of years uh, have completely changed my life, and so I am in a I am in a much better mental place than I ever was before, uh, and and that's you know due to a lot of factors. But um, I am much better now that I have figured out myself even more than my kids. Oh, that's that's a really cool thing, figuring yourself out. I I uh, I, I think that a lot of times parents when they get a diagnosis with one of their kids, it becomes kind of figuring the kids out when it's, it's maybe not so much having to figure the kids out. It's, it's having to kind of figure yourself out because you have to be able to wrap your head around all, all of these things. Your kid is still the same kid that you had prior to the diagnosis. It doesn't really change anything, uh, on the ground anyways. And, and you really have to figure yourself out. You have to figure out like what direction you want to go in, how, you know, accepting the diagnosis, I think, is is a struggle for some parents. And then just deciding to embrace it and and living your life following this different path. So I, that's that's an amazing message. I love that you said that. Um, so, OK, so you you have started uh, you have a social media platform, right? Can, can we talk about that? Because I I love what you're doing. And I want to spend some time kind of talking about about that. So it's it's called on the hard days, right? Mm-hmm. Can you um, tell us about that? Like yeah. what inspired that? Yeah. So it started um, years ago, and because I had not yet accepted myself, and I didn't um, it was the whole journey was such a mess early on um, that I really felt like I had all these, these feelings and these thoughts that were stuck inside and not coming out. Um, and I think a lot of us, uh, parents of neurodivergent kids can relate to that. And sometimes you feel like you're just about to absolutely burst. Um, and so I started trying out blogging. This was years ago now, but just writing, writing, and no one was reading it, but it, it did feel therapeutic. And, um, two, about two years ago, a little over two years ago, my husband said to me, why don't you think of starting a podcast? And I was like, who listens to podcasts? <laughs> it's music. Like, why would you not want music? Um, obviously, I took his advice. I decided to start a podcast. It's called On the Hard Days. And um, over the last two years, 
it's been amazing to watch this, this podcast grow. Um, I think we're at, I don't know, 150,000 downloads. Um, but just the way that it's resonating has been really magical. And, and I can definitely dive into that. But what happened at the same time was I decided to start my Instagram. And so again, it's the sharing and it's, it's a, there's a fine line because my kids' privacy is important. And, um, really balancing what do I want to share? And I knew that the things I wanted to share and vent about right off the bat were the things that happened when he was younger. It was mm-hmm. before we had any answers at all, when there were massive meltdowns um, with aggression and, and screaming and rage and and how terrifying that was for me and how I judged myself as a mother, because how could I possibly have a kid who is so unhappy, so miserable in his day-to-day life at the age of two, three, four, um, that there must be something wrong with me as a mother that I have caused yep. shame, you know? Um, and so I felt so much guilt and, and doubting myself and it was d- depression and anxiety. And so all of this kind of happened at once and hit me. Um, and so I did internalize it for a while. I did, I didn't vent right away and that just made the depression worse. And I realized I, I have to get this out. I have to know if there's anybody else who feels the way I do course now i'm like of course there's people out there who feel like i do but at the time i was in the moment my own yeah in the moment it doesn't feel like that you feel so completely alone yeah and isolated even if you're in a group of people right i mean it's i i I totally get it i'm sorry go ahead no 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 you're fine i i I would say especially in a group of people because you know colleagues Mm. and things and people are trying to relate and they can't and try to say the right thing and well why don't you just, or have you ever just tried this? Or we had that oh. problem too, and they grow out of it. And all, all of those things, which are coming often from a genuine place, but they really mm-hmm. make you feel like garbage. So I I just felt worse and worse. So starting the podcast, uh, my very first episode is called My Rock Bottom Parenting Moment, where I'm diving into this one story, one of the worst, not the worst, but one of the worst moments in, in motherhood with a meltdown from my three-year-old that was... Um, so massive that he tried to flip over our deck furniture, um, that the neighbor came over to do a welfare check because he was screaming so long and for, you know, so loud and, and how much shame I felt in that moment. And, and so I just vented about that on the podcast and, you know, podcasts don't grow overnight, but, um, over time that still to this day is the most downloaded, uh, episode. And it really gives people a sense of what our lives have been like in my house, Instagram mm-hmm. has been similar. It's it's sharing and talking and being very vulnerable. Um, my Instagram has been amazing to watch. It only recently sort of took off because I started a series of reels called um, What Moms of Neurodivergent Kids Wish They Could Say Out Loud. And I think I'm on um, number, One, I don't know, 115 or, or something. Yeah, something. It's in the hundreds. Yeah, yeah. it's in the it's Or, in the or over 100, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's been really cool. Yeah. I, I follow those. Um, well, I follow everything you're doing. Your podcast is awesome. And it's, there's a lot of work that goes into recording podcasts, but it, you know, you find this avenue of, of, uh, creating something positive out of what could, could be otherwise a very negative existence, right? Like if, if we internalize all this stuff and we don't talk about it and we allow ourselves to be swallowed up by all of the overwhelm, you know, and, and all of the, uh, emotions that we feel as humans, we, we get lost. And my first blog was called lost and tired. Cause that's, that's what I felt like. Uh, but it, it's just, it's, it's such a cool thing to, to see what you're doing. 
and and it was kind of a similar path, kind of kind of getting there. Um, why why do you feel it's so difficult for parents? You know, and we can just speak to moms right now if you want. But like, why is it so difficult for people to to say these things out loud? or even allow themselves to think it without feeling guilty or without feeling like a bad parent? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. And I think dads absolutely have a journey in this too. And I, I, I think it, there's a lot of similarities, but I think there's some differences as well. But um, speaking just from a mom's perspective, this is a societal conversation that we are not having that needs to be had. And, Mm -hmm. you know, being on your show right now, like th- this is, this is the good stuff. This is how we break down, um, shatter those ceilings, and make space for parents and, and caregivers to talk about this. Um, but in the past, this is not something you talked about. And you know, generations before, it's there's denial and there's deal with it and there's you know whatever. You just don't go there. And I, I just couldn't anymore. I couldn't. Um, my mental health was suffering if I continued to just internalize all of my feelings of shame and sadness and grief and, and all of that. And so I think people aren't talking about it because we're not quite there yet. Um, change doesn't happen unless people make change. Um, and right. so the conversations are still a little icky. Like, what do you mean you can't handle your child? What do you mean... Um, the screaming lasted for three hours. You know, we're not there yet, but the more that we talk about it and expose what this journey is like for parents, I'm hopeful that we can take a different look at it, especially for people who cannot relate, but they, they need to know, they need to know that the parents are struggling and we need more support and we need validation and encouragement, um, without judgment. And there's still a lot of judgment, unfortunately, to be had. Yeah. There's, I was just talking about, um, there's like this perception, I think, that if I talk about the struggles that I'm having with my child, people are going to think either I'm a bad parent or they're a bad child, right? Like there's something, like, like it's a bad kid. But the reality is that you're providing context and insight into something that is confusing even for us as parents who live with it every day, right? Like your story, your journey is vastly different than mine, even though our kids may have the same diagnoses. They're, they're completely different paths, just maybe kind of going in this, in a similar direction. And, you know, like my argument has always been, I, I think sharing our stories is such a powerful tool because, you know, the next time, you know, a, a lay person or, or someone outside of the, the community who, who doesn't have experience in, in uh, these kinds of things sees a kid melting down at a grocery store, they might think twice before they cast judgment or make a snide comment or send a dirty look. They could be like, oh, you know, I remember I saw on Facebook this mom was talking about, you know, her son was autistic and was having a meltdown and he wasn't spoiled or whatever. He was he was in pain or distress, right? Because it's overstimulation. And and it can just, just cause you to think twice before you do something. And I think that's where we experience a lot of growth and where we have like true awareness and, and acceptance is is – and it all stems from people talking about their stories and then everything else. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to agree with you for sure. Um, and, and, and it's painful for me to watch moms, especially fighting within the neurodivergent community. And it's like, we are 
trapped in the cave and we're we're fighting about instead of working together to see how we can climb out. Um, it's driving me bonkers. You know, why are we fighting? We all have the same goal in mind, which is the happiness and health of our children and our family. Mm-hmm. But we also need to start putting ourselves first and saying, what do I need to be able to function um, at my best on a day-to-day basis? And it, so it's really, it pains me when people are arguing and debating and putting each other down and we're all in the same boat here. So anyway, I just, I can't stand that. <laughs> well, that's, and that's, that's an interesting point too, because you can have, I've dealt with a lot of, well, you know, my kid's autistic and he's mainstreamed. Why can't your kid be mainstreamed? Like you're doing something wrong. Like we, we tend to, view life as like your experience is a mirror image of what mine is. And, and that's, I mean, maybe sometimes that's true, but majority of the time it's not. And we need to be open to everyone else's experience. And, and it's one of the things that I really, really like about what you're doing because you're giving parents who may not feel comfortable vocalizing those things personally, you're giving them a voice, right? Cause you're, you're, these are things that you're being, that are being shared with you specifically. And and then you can anonymously deliver it so that parents have there's comfort. Yeah, in that. yeah, absolutely. It's been that that's been the crazy thing about Instagram. Um, I didn't have this as a plan. You know, I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to do this thing. It just kind of fell in my lap, and um, I shared a couple. Obviously, it took off. But what was really crazy was I was planning to end the series at 100 um, for no reason other than it's just a nice number. Um, and I was at like 95 or something, and I needed a few more ideas. What what uh, what other things do moms of neurodivergent kids wish they could say out loud? And I asked Instagram for, I said, I need five more. And I got 300 responses. <laughs> and I was like, well, guess guess Holy we're not cow. ending this series. And so... That's a... That's, that's a yeah. It was a lot. That's a lot. And some of them have overlaps and, and whatnot. But either way, I knew that there's more to say here. And so it's still cranking along. Um, but I think when people finally feel validated, we can't underestimate how good it feels to be validated. And I, when my son was younger and we were really in the thick of it, um, I would have done anything to hear or connect with a mom who was going through the same thing. And I, I, I didn't, I couldn't find anybody. And so I, you know, that, that the community piece is more crucial than people realize that it absolutely, um, is, is necessary for mental health. And that's been a big takeaway, uh, that I'm trying to get that message out to everybody as well. And, you know, just even talking about mental health, like I, I have been preaching self-care for ever. Right. And we're always, well, I'm always the worst person. Like I have, I don't always follow my own advice. And, you know, since I've been a, a single parent for probably the last, most of the last 10 years, uh, it's even more important. So like the mental health aspect is the big thing. Physical health is, is fine, but like the mental health side of things can have just as much of an impact. And so, you know, sharing your stories and unloading and, and finding that community, that connection with other people who get it can be hugely impactful in a positive way. Out of all of these reels that you've done, is there one of them that really like struck a chord with you that you just felt like, Oh my God, like I could so relate to that, that one, that one thing. Honestly, I, yes, but I can relate to pretty much all of them. 
99% of them. And that's why I can, I feel comfortable speaking to them because on some level, um, I can, if, if I'm not feeling that way now, I have felt that way in the past and I can pull from that. But, um, but yes, I'm I'm, so, so many, um, one of them, which actually this one was more popular than others. And I think it, it hit a chord with other people too. And that was, I can't be everything to everyone all the time because I am trying to meet my neurodivergent child's needs essentially. So, you know, the needs are, are high. And so I can't, I can't physically, but I also cannot mentally make sure I have my child to all his or her appointments and therapies and just take care of them and plan the meals and keep a clean house and, 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 and I just cannot do it. And that was (laughs) like that feeling of overwhelm. And it's, that's again, that's the conversation I, I want to be having here with, with everybody that I meet. It's like, I, there's a lot of people talking about what the kids are going through and rightly so, rightly so, mm-hmm. but no one is talking about what the parents are going through yep. and how that affects us on a deep level. And so it's the overwhelm, it's the overstimulation, it's exhaustion beyond words. Um, but in addition, it's all those negative feelings about yourself as a mother, um, and, and, you know, doubting yourself and who you are. So that, that, those are the conversations that, you know, hopefully the more we have them, we can change this, this game here. Um, but yeah, many reels, all of them really have, have, uh, connected with me. My name is Rob Gorski, and you may know me from the award-winning blog and podcast called the autism dad. I want to invite you to check out our brand new podcast called special needs, Ohio. Special Needs Ohio exists to help special needs families all across the state of Ohio. We're here to provide education, insight, inspiration, hope, and a sense of community, as well as connections to services, supports, and resources you may not even know exist. This podcast will provide you with tons of valuable information about people, places, agencies, and organizations that exist to support families like yours and mine. We're going to bring you interviews and special interest stories from families all across Ohio that will warm your heart, inspire, and provide you with hope. They say it takes a village, and that's especially true for special needs families. We want to be part of your village. We're here to remind you that you're not alone and that you're surrounded by a fantastic community of people who want to help. New episodes release every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app and visit Special Needs Ohio for more information. Yeah, even as a dad, I I can relate to so many of because I kind of just went down the rabbit hole and and just started watching and just you know, 45 minutes later I was like <laughs> 75 or whatever. Yeah. Uh but but it's there is there really is so much comfort in hearing these things because you're normalizing it. And and I think when we norm when we normalize stuff we can can remove that stigma that is still there and do you do you find uh, what, well, what has, I mean, aside from people submitting all of those, meaning that they really want this stuff to be out there, what has the response been? Like, do you get messages from moms, you know? <laughs> yes. Um, so much so that I actually had one of my, my mom friends in my community help me with my DMs only because I can't. I don't want to leave anybody hanging and I literally cannot manage them all. Um, yes, yes. You know, I know I'm talking to the right audience. If it doesn't 
if it doesn't hit, then people are not going to stick around. And that's, that's what I want. That's fine. We need, we need to feel better about ourselves. And so I want to make sure that my audience are moms who are going through the same thing. And so, yes, the DMs pour in. Um, and so many people say, you know, this is the first time I've heard this said out loud. Um, I have sent these to um, my family and friends. And it's like, this is crazy. This is, this is, this is nuts. But clearly there was a need for these conversations and, and it's amazing yeah. to watch. It's it, Like you said, it's validation. Yeah. And I think that when you, you share this stuff like you're doing, whether it's someone directly or indirectly, like through you, you're still sending that same message out there. And then it becomes shareable and it, and, and it becomes something that you can pass along to your family and friends and, and it's educational and insightful and it helps people to feel validated, which is so important, especially for parents like us. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's so important. I mean, you're doing the work too, and it's, it's, um, it changes the way you parent and it changes the way you view yourself. And, and I didn't know that that would be an effect from all of this. Um, I ended up being, I felt more patient with my kids. I felt more compassion. And it's like, what's the change here? The behaviors have not changed. The situation right. has not changed. But I am changing for the for mm -hmm. the better because I am realizing that what is happening under my roof is not anyone's fault. And it's certainly not my fault either. And so knowing that there are other people who are going through it, I can take away those feelings of shame and guilt. And now I, I'm, I'm ready to show up for my kid in a better way a better version of me, the, the version I was hoping would was underneath there, you know, all along. Um, and, and so that's something I didn't see at first when I started. Um, but now it's like, wow, this is the power. It changes the way you view your, your whole life. Everything changes when you feel validated. And it, and it frees up bandwidth, right? So like, because those negative thoughts and I, I found that I'm digging out of burnout right now and it's been, it's been a tough couple of months, right? And, and what I've found was that the more I release those negative feelings, the more bandwidth I have to, to deal with work or the kids or, you know, whatever. And it's, it really does like the negative stuff takes up so much bandwidth. I, you know, when you, when you can let that go or, or you can get validated or whatever your process is to be able to put that behind you, it, it really is. Uh, altering in a positive way, you know, so that I, I think that's, that's huge. Um, do you have, well, let me, let me ask you this. Is, have you, we kind of talked a little bit about how it's, this experience has changed you, but is, is there, is there like one specific way that you feel like you've, you're kind of evolving that, uh, is sort of the result of, of you kind of putting yourself out there and, and helping to uh, elevate the voices of other parents like yourself? Yeah. Um, my confidence, I feel like, I feel like a different person from two years ago. I, a lot of things have happened and, and it's now a business and I'm running a membership community and it's, 
I feel like a leader. I feel like a, and, and that's, and that's a nice thing to feel certainly. And I, I'm an introverted person. I was always kind of a follower, keeping my thoughts to myself. And so this is a whole new version of myself, but all moms and dads raising neurodivergent kids can have the same feeling. And all it takes is being vulnerable and having someone else say to you, thank you so much. Um, this is so validating. And then you feel, you feel powerful. You feel confident. Um, and so that is how I feel now. I feel, um, it's empowering, empowered. Yes. Yes. That's exactly it. And, and that's my goal is to help other moms feel the same way. And so I know that, you know, you tend, you, you, your focus is on, on moms, just like sort of like the majority of my audience is moms. It's always been moms. And, and I get that, but I'm, I'm, I'm bringing in a lot of dads now, which I'm really excited about because they don't talk as freely or as openly as, as moms do. And, uh, and they, it's important. So you're also bringing in some dads too, like on Fridays, right? You're doing, uh, yeah. Father Friday episodes. Father Fridays. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And like, why, why kind of deviate I know. And, and bring that in? I know, you know. There was one dad, he found me on TikTok, he sent me an email, and he he laid out what life is like with his kid, and he thanked me for the, whatever, the reels. And I just had this moment, I was like, hold on, you know, you seem amazing, and you're talking and sharing, would you be open to being on my podcast? And he said yes. It was very well liked. He was, oh my gosh, I just loved him. Um, and then I put out the call, once once I released that episode, and and. I made a big deal about it, but like, look, let's finally listen to a dad. And, and, you know, I think that's why I want to make sure I have both. Um, but a lot of moms with their partners or husbands, there are a lot of issues and, um, a lot of miscommunication and, and not understanding mm -hmm. each other. And so I, I thought, you know, I'm curious, I want to hear from a dad, like, give me your take because oftentimes many, I, I can't say all or even most, but <laughs> many moms, feel very alone, very alone. Mm -hmm. And when I say alone, I mean, in, including feeling alone from their, their partners or spouses. And so I want to hear from a dad, like, what's your take? So I brought on a dad and then I brought on another dad. And, um, at this point, I think I've had maybe nine or 10 dads on. And of course you will be one of them as well. Um, and I'm looking and, forward to that. Yeah, me too. And so it's so, um, so nice to hear these dads say things. And, and my takeaway from all these conversations is that, Hmm, you guys are going through what we're going through after all. Um, and it's just coming yeah. out in different ways. Yep. We experience, the, there's a lot of, I have found, I've talked to so many moms and not nearly as, as many dads, but they, it's like we experience the same things, but we, we, we process it differently in a different time frame. We express it in a different way. And it's kind of like strangers in the night, right? So like, the moms can feel like they're not being supported. The dads feel like they're doing everything that they can. And there's just that, that break. Right. And, and I think when, when you share those different perspectives, it helps to put things into context because everything's, I think everything's about context and it, it can, it can, you know, get people kind of crossing those lines and figuring things out and it makes things better because a unified front and, and having, you know, if you're lucky enough to have, that spouse or partner as your team member, right? Then you're a stronger team. 
because you're there for each other and you're better understanding where the other person's coming from. And you can focus that united front on the betterment of, of your kids, you know? So I, I think that's, I think that's huge. I love that you're doing that. I love that you're doing Thank that. Thank you. Um, when you're reading off these, these thoughts that parents send you or mom send you, do you ever, like, I, I, I try to imagine when I'm like, sometimes I have a hard time. It takes me like multiple takes to do something. Were there ever any questions or statements or thoughts that you received that you had a hard time saying because it just, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, hmm. For the most part, no. I, I don't know. I think I, I've recognized in the last few years that I, I have a strength in being able to put myself in other people's shoes easily and understand mm-hmm. um, the empathy piece is, is strong. So I, not too often. That being said, there have been a couple times when, when moms are just clearly done. They're just done and they're at their wit's end. And they've sent me something that's very, very blunt and direct that I don't think necessarily my whole audience is going to read correctly. So I may just um, tweak it a little bit um, and, and say it in a way that is, uh, you know, coming across a little a little more uh, open to other moms. Because I want, I want these things to hit, but I want them to uh, span a wide audience and, and you know, that means, that's, it means sometimes I need to say things a little bit nicer. Um, but I, yeah. I know what the moms mean when they're saying things really, really bluntly. Like you're just done. I get it. Yeah. I, I do the same things. I get listener questions and I'll, I'll devote episodes to answering, uh, people's questions. Right. Yeah. And, and sometimes the questions like, you know what they're trying to say. It's just not, you got to kind of reword it just a little bit to make it understandable yeah. by a larger group. Of people. Exactly. Um, my my other question to you is, have you had any negative feedback? And then how do you deal with that? I have been lucky enough to say not much, not much. Okay. That being said, there's, especially on Instagram, you know, social media is, can also be trashy. You know, <laughs> it can be, it can, it's not a place to build your home um, because it's borrowed land, but um I certainly have had some, a few trolls, not many though. I really have to say, like, I've been very, very lucky. The few that I do, if they are just flat out rude and we're talking through a reel, a comment, um, mm. I just delete it. Nobody needs, we're not, this is not middle school. I have been there, done that. And we are not having a fight over something. No, we're just not doing that. So if it's insulting, if it's hurtful, then I just delete it. Um, but I do have to say, and, and the, the, this one thing, this one critical comment that has been made by a handful of people, which absolutely eats away at my soul because I am afraid of the same thing, is what if your kids see this someday, see the way you're talking about children? And, you know, most times those people go on to say in their comment that they experienced trauma with their parents not accepting them and loving them. And, you know, if they are actual followers of mine than they see in my stories, my kids, my, my love for my, my family and the way that like they know, uh, see the whole picture. But that's why I had to put by request on those reels because I needed to drive home the point that this is something all moms or multiple moms are facing. And they've said, yeah. 
you know. So people just say like, you know, I sure hope your kid doesn't see this when they get old. And it's like, yeah, well, me too. But at the same time, I talk to my children. They know what I'm doing. And I say, look, you know, parenting is hard. Motherhood is hard. And I am talking about some of those harder things, especially when you were little, so that other moms know that this happens and that they're not alone, you know? Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to navigate some of that stuff now because I know they actively read. But there's usually nothing that I share that my kids don't already know firsthand. They're not learning new things. And that's sort of where my line has been up to this point is if I don't want them to ever learn something for the first time based on something that they read or saw on social media. So I, I don't know. I, I think what you're doing, I, I think uh, I think it's pretty amazing, honestly. And, and I, I've built it up with my kids where they, you know, sharing our story is helping other kids. It's helping other parents to navigate the stuff that we've been through. And they feel a sense of pride about that. And they want to volunteer things. And they, and there's sometimes they'll be like, you know, I don't want to talk about this or whatever. And you just follow their lead and respect their boundaries. But it is, I, I used to get hit with that a lot. And now I'm kind of living that now. So uh, it's not as bad as what I think people make it out to be, but you know, especially if you have those open conversations with your kids as you're going. So I, th I think you're doing a fantastic job. Oh, fantastic job. And I was going to agree with you and say it's open communication. Um, we're not at the point yet where my kids are listening and, and but they know uh, on Instagram, I blur their faces and I don't say their names and they say, why? I'm like, for your privacy. <laughs> like, like you could just say, you could just, no, no, you're too young to make that decision. We're not doing that. Um, but down the road, if they are listening to the podcast and I'm talking about really hard stuff, it's, it's all about the open communication. There is nothing wrong with saying parenting is hard. There is nothing wrong with saying, hey, you... You did have big meltdowns. You you did. You did try to flip over that deck furniture. That was a really scary moment. I learned a lot about myself in that you know moment. And I learned that um, sometimes we don't feel like good parents and I didn't feel like a good mom. So talking about it actually makes me feel a little bit better. And it has nothing to, it's really less to do with the kid and more to do with me. Um, yep. And I try to always bring that back. I'm not, people who are listening to my stuff and, and reading it, it's, they have neurodivergent kids too. So we all know the love is there. This is not about love. That piece is check, check, check. We love our kids beyond what words could possibly say. We don't need to explain that. But we do need to share how hard it is so that we can normalize it. Um, yeah, it's a tough issue though. Do you have any like final parting message for, for parents out there, whether they're moms or dads? I mean, I, th I think whether your mom or dad, the hardest thing, but also the thing that will bring you the most um, validation is to be vulnerable. And if you've got all of these feelings, they need to come out. Um, and, and whether that's journaling and, or blogging or podcasting or make a social media page, but it eats away at us if we keep it in. And I think that is harder for dads because stigmas and, and again, societal mm -hmm. breakdown here, but, but it's got to come out. It's got to come out somehow. So, I mean, the message is really that you're not alone. And so if you now know that you're not alone, what can you do to feel better? What do you need to feel better? And a lot of times, actually, I would say most times it's connection, it's connection and community. And that's the missing piece. So you have to have to connect with someone, whether it's in person or 
online or find a support group, you've got to make those connections um, because it absolutely changes everything. And that, that's my biggest takeaway. And, and online connections with people are real and they're valid, 100%. right? Because a lot of times you have, and it's sort of a generational thing, I think, but they'll be like, oh, well, they're just online. It's not real or something. I, I mean, I've never met Joel Manzer in real life, but I have been, he's like my best friend. He's the first person I go to when I have anything major. Uh, and it's just, it's just a, a way of connecting with people who are at a distance, right? It's not just a phone call anymore. You can connect on social media. So I think that that was a really good point. How can people find you? How can they connect with you? So there's a couple of ways. Um, obviously my podcast is on Apple and Spotify and it's on the hard days. Um, Instagram, I am at on the hard days, but there's dots in between each word, um, which is annoying. I, mm -hmm. <laughs> I can't stand that, but somebody had already, uh, had the handle and like, doesn't use it. I was like, Oh, man. oh isn't that frustrating? Ah. I had, I had that on Twitter for like the first eight years and I was verified. I was verified like 10 years ago. I couldn't change it. Ugh. It became available. I couldn't change it without losing the verification. Oh. It took me three years to get those hashtag, uh, the uh, underscores. Mm -hmm. It was underscore. It was the underscore autism underscore dad. Yes. It took me forever, but I finally got it. I finally got it. I need, that's what I need. I, yeah. That's driving me bonkers to say and explain that. But yeah, there's dots in between each word. Um, but I also have a, if, if moms, specifically moms at this time are looking for more than that um, and really looking for that connection piece, I do have a, a membership. I have a community called Mothers Together. And so essentially um, I create little mini support groups from moms by connecting them with other moms who are going through a similar experience at the same time. So if you've got um, a, a nine-year-old autistic son with ADHD, um, then I connect you with other moms um, with that age range diagnosis, same things. And so I facilitate conversations. It's, it's a full community um, off of social media. Um, and that's, like I said, called Mothers Together. And just in general, my website is ontheharddays.com. Um, or you can go to mothers-together.com and both of those will take you to the same place. Very, very cool. Yeah. You're doing amazing stuff. Thank and you. I'm 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 very proud to have you on. I'm very grateful for for your willingness to uh, talk about this stuff because it needs to be done. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to uh, I think next week. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking to you. So I'm I'm excited about that. Me too. Uh, I'll have all of your information in the show notes so people can just click. Uh, the links and, and go check you out. And uh, yeah, thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. This has been delightful and I'm very much looking forward to having you on my show as well. Thank you. Have uh, have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Real quick, before I let you go, I just want to say thank you for tuning in. I, I really appreciate it and I hope you enjoyed this episode and it has a positive impact on your life because that's what I'm aiming for here. As a reminder, you can visit listen.theautismdad.com. You can learn about me and anything related to the show. You can subscribe on any one of your favorite podcast listening apps so you never miss a new episode. And please take a moment and rate us on Apple Podcasts. There'll be a link in the show notes below for you just to click. and It'll take you right there. It takes like 30 seconds and it makes a big difference. So it's a great way to support the show and uh, help keep the wheels turning. So have a great week and we'll talk soon.